there's a term for you people that are interested in urination. Water sports is the yeah, I don't, I don't know what the Center. what the file thing, what what, what, yeah. what you would call you're, that. You're, you're a file or something. Yeah, something like that. No. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I've enjoyed that quite a lot and often. <laughs> and there's a story. There is a story on risk about. Well, there's there's a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. And welcome to Adult Body Finders. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Greenberry. And we have an amazing guest for you today. Yes, we do. Kevin Allison from the podcast Risk is going to be talking to us about getting kinky. Oh, yeah. Getting kinky, getting BDSM. Is that, a, is that how you say it? Getting BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds... It sounds like a thing that we're going to find out today. Oh, we're definitely going to find it out and a lot more because he has all sorts of stories to tell since he does host the podcast Risk, which is all about storytelling. Yes. Uh, for me, this whole kink thing, like, first of all, when I think kinky, like, I think that's kind of like the generic thing that I've always heard whenever people are talking about sex in general. Like, you want to get kinky? Don't be vanilla. Get kinky. That's the commercial for kink. <laughs> and for me, it's like, it's a whole world. I mean, obviously we're learning a lot. This is season three and two seasons deep. We're like learning about the sexual stuff, the things that we haven't really talked about. Um, but what's interesting is that you and I actually talked to Kevin years ago. We did. We had him on a show. Yeah. Not this show, <laughs> but a very different show. Yeah. Our pinup squirrels, which did, um, we did improv and sketch. Yeah. Night out. And it's all based on a guest. So Kevin talked to us. And what I think is cool is that was at least 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember some of his stories. I was like, wow, I, I'd never heard of it. I mean... I understand, like, even to this day, not everyone's like, yes, I know everything about kink. That's what I know. But it, it it seems like he was talking about it in a time where it was really risque. Mm Hence -hmm. his show Risk. <laughs> so it's pretty cool now that, like, we're, we're going to be talking to him again some 10 years later. Yeah. And his show has really blown up millions and millions of listeners that are listening to these stories that he was inspired to tell, you know, because it's like risky. So yeah. it's cool to talk to him and to me to kind of open us up a little more in this whole kinky BDSM world. Maybe you'll find out if uh, we take a risk, if Greenberry and I take a risk or what that <laughs> risk might be. Maybe we'll have some risk uh, in the future. I don't know. <laughs> so are you thinking that you're, like, is there something that you're thinking as far as risk? Oh my gosh, I threw that out there, but I was not ready to catch it. <laughs> oh, um, I was like, I, I'm not, I'm not planning on any risk here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always like exploring and trying new things. So maybe, maybe one of his stories will inspire me to try something different and new. I definitely. Um, I love his stories about kink camp and, and these like kinky parties and whatnot. And there's part of me that wants to be like you and be a voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, I've never done that. But I have talked about like, if I were in there, I don't even think I would be a person that would be like, okay, I'm going to get involved. I'd definitely be like, oh, that's interesting. Wow. Look at you all going to town on each other. <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel like, especially after going to uh, music festivals, 
I love how much festivals embrace the community and embrace each other. And it's a very safe place to play around. Uh, for me, it was dancing and just going crazy dancing. So I do love that community and I love that atmosphere and I'm curious to hear more about. In your mind, a kink, a kinky uh, sex party would be just like going dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Isn't that? It pretty much is just dancing uh, with somebody maybe right behind you or in front of you. You or know, both. depending on how you learned about sex, I think that that is an explanation. Naked dancing. Naked dancing. <laughs> That's how I see sex in general. <laughs> That's why I always like well, music. Well, dancing, you always have music when you're getting it on? No, I wish. <laughs> I do. I, I'm a fan of music for anything, really, but especially movement. And, well, sex is movement. So, <laughs> unless you're doing I, it right. <laughs> otherwise, I just, what is it? I want to say Starfish. pancake. <laughs> pancake. Oh, that's a fun new way to do it. That means, like, there's no form. It's not, like, straight out arms. It's, like, just, like, a blob. Like, like, yeah. Covered <laughs> in sticky maple syrup. <laughs> so, if there's no music, I just pancake it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like a whole this is what's wild about kink right is that it 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 seems kind of endless in definition there is so much there's probably a pancake community out there i'm sure well there's the whole thing of which i believe is the kink of people sleeping having a partner that is uh unconscious (laughs) i love that you're everything that you're talking about it's like it's like dancing it's like going to bed it's like um, put music on. She's like, make a pancake. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'm a pancake and I get syrup, right? Isn't this a sexual awakening we've all been looking for? I mean, is it? Can't you make everything kinky? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, that's what we're going to be talking to Kevin about is like, what is it? How vast is it? And yeah. can anyone be in this? And, 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 and how do we? How do we join? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like we just need to talk to Kevin. I agree. All right, let's bring him in. Well, welcome, Kevin Allison. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for being on the show. We are super excited to have you. Uh, I've listened to Risk a Ton and Love your stories and love the risks you take. <laughs> Thank actually, you. I'm a big, I'm a big fan, Kevin. That you were talking about kink before. I want to say not before kink was cool, but before kink was like common. I know it's not super common now, but it is cool. <laughs> yeah, you know the timing was really uh, serendipitous because. Well, let's see. We started Risk in 2009 and, you know, I got divorced from from my husband uh, within like, oh, I don't know, the first year of Risk. And then all of a sudden I discovered this whole Internet culture that was starting up around kink which is how people organized those kink camps and bigger kink events, how people were finding each other. So it was interesting to like in my 40s um, be kind of 
learning about and rediscovering and like all of a sudden it was it was very funny because when I got divorced from my husband the show Louis by Louis CK was on television and the whole premise of that entire series is what's a 40 year old divorced man like it how's he ever gonna have sex or romance again and so i was like oh my god is that the world i'm walking into but actually my my husband as he was putting his last box on the u-haul to leave he was like oh there's this thing on your phone like he downloaded grinder and that's the last thing he left me with oh Um, (laughs) wait 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 he downloaded Grinder on your phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did I you mean, know what he was doing? That like he was giving you the keys to the single kingdom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And, and it's funny because when I got on Grinder, it, immediately it was just like, oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, a, a, a divorced guy at 40. Daddy, daddy, daddy. <laughs> it's just, just fine in this context. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was at the the story Kevin goes to King Camp and all that on risk um, is really in real time me kind of newly discovering these parts of myself that I had just not completely integrated or figured out yet. Um, uh, and reporting it right to the audience as it was happening. And yeah, you're right. It was, it turned out it really was at the beginning of a wave of more and more people discovering this stuff. I, in fact, I have found um, that kink has become even more popular after the lockdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people were getting creative with like (laughs) stuff that they were doing online during the lockdown, which like opened up, you know, lots of Pandora's boxes, you know. Did you find new things post pandemic like that you hadn't tried before? Um, that's a great question. Have I? Um... No, I don't think I've tried anything. I don't think I've tried anything new. I have definitely become more um, experienced with fisting. Um, (laughs) Yeah, which is, um, uh, you know, like one of the things I find fascinating is there's so many people who are curious Mm -hmm. about this stuff and Whenever I enter into a conversation (laughs) with someone who's young or just new, you know, just like they don't even have to be young, um, I'll often find myself giving some warnings. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) oh, be very careful not to just let anyone fist you. You know what I mean? Because as time goes by, you know, you hear stories about injuries and, you know, oh, yeah. Her butthole just clenched. Oh, very hard. Totally, totally, totally. Wait, so when you're coming into this, how do you go about it safely or, yeah, safely? The the thing, I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but, oh my gosh, err on the side of over-communicating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if, if you... <sighs> Don't let people, you know, make you feel like you're ruining things 
by wanting to talk a lot beforehand um, because I, I, that's that's some sort of weird cultural idea that people have that, oh, sex isn't erotic or romantic or, or exciting or whatever if it's negotiated. <laughs> we, we had a um, cuddle therapist come on and it was kind of cool. She was talking about consent and how to make consent sexy. Yeah. And exactly like you're saying, society has kind of pushed forward this idea that talking beforehand is not sexy, but listening to her being like, Oh, so what do you want to do to me? And Oh, can I do this to you? How do you feel? It was sexy. I mean, I was hot. (laughs) That conversation is really fun. I find. And, you know, you also learn uh, in that conversation how amenable a person is or how, um, I don't know, nervous they are, you know, all kinds of important things to kind of get a feel for. You know, I was in Los Angeles uh, a few months ago and I had a, a whole free day and I was like, I'm going to have some fun today. I'm going to, you know, get on the apps and see who's around. And there was this fellow who was super, super cute and he was he was in the neighborhood. So it was one of those things where it's like, I can come over right now. And I was like, uh, you know, a little hesitant because I, I like for there to be even via text first, mm-hmm. some getting to know each other a little bit, even if it's going to be that afternoon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things he said to me kind of um even unsolicited early on in the conversation was I'm not much of a talker and I should have, I should have (laughs) walked away right there. I think (laughs) like, yeah, big red flag. If they say I'm not much of a talker. (laughs) Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 And there have been cases where I've been with people you know, there there was a case, uh, this was years ago, uh, uh, this fella, um, uh, he came over, African-American fella. Uh, it was very similar. It was a very similar situation in that he was so adorable. Uh, <laughs> like, and he was right in the neighborhood that I was like, <laughs> ah, you know, uh, he didn't want to negotiate stuff. And I was like, ah. But I let him come over and then like in the midst of play, he said that he wanted me to choke him. And I got a little bit like, oh, I mean, you know, I was like, yes, I can do that. But that is something you should have negotiated because a person has to know how to do that. You know, that can be very dangerous if a person hasn't learned how to do that. And then in the midst of doing it, and you know, so I start choking him and then he's like, um, uh, call me the N word. I mean, he didn't say the, the N word, but, but at that point I was just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, these are two perfect examples of we should have talked about this beforehand because, I, you know. I knew better, but Jenny was too. <laughs> but I do love your like, it's never too late to say no. Yeah, that's good. I, good good takeaway. We actually, we jumped in this a little, we, we got a little, uh, we got a little ahead of ourselves because. <laughs> 
we are fans of you. We know your work. But for the listener who might not know Kevin Allison, obviously we know about you and your in risk and, and your performances. Can you tell us a little bit about your BDSM kink? Can you kind of define that or is it okay? <laughs> is there a definition? I do like that whole idea of being like kind of a daddy. Um, a bit of a, a bit of a, I like mentoring, you know, I do like, I'm just naturally, I enjoy teaching. Um, so I, Daddy yeah. and I never thought about that. I sometimes describe it to someone as being kind of like a supportive coach. You know, it's funny because I did this. Um, I was doing I took a couple of hits of acid one night and, and was doing this kind of uh, Jungian active imagination exercise. And I started talking to myself as various archetypes in my head. And I realized, <laughs> I realized that a lot of what I do or, or want to be in kink is what I would want someone to be to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that like that supportive coach thing is like, I feel like I need that guy in my own head, a supportive, like, you know, yeah. encouraging coach. Um so, yeah, like when it comes to a lot of people are big on sadism or humiliation or, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I'm that's just not never going to be me. That I'm a nice guy. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was I was thinking I, I love how adorable you are and you're like when I was on acid and fisting it's like everything you're saying is like it's like taboo but it's so cute. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something you talked about during kink camp. Uh, oh no, actually I think it was on the filling the void podcast. You talked about how um you're kind, you know, because here you are, you've been doing this for a while. You've been embracing yourself for a long time and discovering yourself. You talked about that moment of like, I don't know if that happens still to this day of that insecure person, that child that, you know, the person who needs that, where you're like, am I doing this wrong? Am I, did I pack the right things? Am I the weird one in this weirdo community? Oh my God. It is so funny. I do. I tell one of the stories I tell, uh, uh, not not Kevin goes to King Camp, but another story that takes place at a King Camp um, <laughs> is uh, where I, 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 it, I consent to do needle play, to be the receiver of needle play. It wasn't my idea. It was someone else's idea and they signed me up for it. And I was like, OK. Um, <laughs> and, and so this guy who like looked like Santa Claus, I guess the way that they do it is they, they take actual needles like, or yeah, syringe needles, but yeah. you know, they take away the part that would and put it not, not straight into you like um, acupuncture, but like through they'll like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, so, so that like they're, piercing. yeah, so that they're, they're like piercings. Yeah. 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 They're like piercings. Yeah. And so he put like, oh, I don't know. I think it was like somewhere around 
60 or 65 of these things down my chest. And in the story, I talk about how when he put the first one in, I was like, oh, no, 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 it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And then it, it he did it. And I was like, oh, OK, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> and then my brain did that same thing like 59 more times. Like like it, it, it was a real education in the fact that there's parts of our subconscious that can just be very, very, very slow learners, you know? Um, And so when it comes to, yeah, feeling insecure, I really feel like, uh, you know, uh, self-confidence, self-esteem, all that sort of thing has been an issue for me for my whole life. And there are months or years uh, where I'm much I'm in much better shape with that stuff. And then stuff happens where I'm like, oh, man, I feel like I've taken a few steps back and I'm in a more insecure feeling place again. So it's like a complex that you you know, you work on, but you're never going to be rid of entirely. So I really do believe that if I like, for example, was invited to a kink camp and had to go this coming weekend, well, it would, wouldn't be ideal weather for it here in the <laughs> Northeast. Um, but yeah, I can easily see myself like, uh, you know, getting overwhelmed with, with social anxiety at certain points, you know, um, because it's funny, I, I, even amongst freaks, I can find a way to feel like a freak. <laughs> oh, God. I do love it. I feel like uh, listening to all your stuff and listening to you right now, you're a very healthy person and secure person, even if you go in and out of insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I love it, especially like the communication and embracing who you are and what you are and all of that. And so I keep learning more and more about how the kink community is such a healthy and beautiful community. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That is not to say that there aren't uh, creepy people out there. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, the kink community you know, also went through, you know, like, for example, I um, participated in getting someone who was a friend of mine, like kicked out of of a particular kink camp because another friend told me about a major consent violation, you know, and so and then another friend of mine actually got accused of a consent violation, which seemed unfair. Like, it's very funny because my, this, this one friend of mine who had, who was really at fault, like I didn't feel like really like owned up to it. And Uh this other friend of mine who seemed like kind of unfairly accused of something, um, spent like a year atoning for it online, you know, and like, so it is interesting. Like any community or anything where like-minded people start to come together, some people will start to be gatekeepers, you know, some people people will want to be like, you know, some people will want to be like a dominant is only this or a submissive is only that or that kind of thing. Uh, Or, 
oh, you know, that that's the old way of doing things. We do things a new way now. You know, there's a lot of like um, like in any realm, you have to like keep your antenna out for who are the really good people who I really trust, you know? Right. Um, yeah, because I have talking about the whole communication thing. I'm so used to being around experienced kinksters that sometimes I'll start something with someone who is curious and I'll just get ahead of myself and assume that we're speaking the same language. There was a fella, there was a fella I met, it was after the pandemic or after the lockdown, like shortly after everyone was vaccinated, you know, where it was finally okay. Um, And this fella, and I explain on my, on all my profiles that I'm polyamorous. And when he first came over, um, I started talking about that, you know, I mean, as a thing to unpack while you're talking about other things. And he was, he, he was kind of uh, said that that was cool or he was okay or something like that. But I was like, I don't know if there's a real connection here. I don't know. I don't know if we're speaking the same language. Then we had sex and, and it was a, it was one of those cases where there wasn't much connection happening between oh. our personalities, but when it came to sex, something insane when it came to our two bodies there was something explosive and insane so both of us had to admit okay that was crazy our bodies reacted to each other volcanically and the next thing i knew i was getting texts from this guy like on an hourly basis of who are you with? Who are these other guys? And, you know, all that. And and he started like making up stories about the other guys. He was like, which, which I had never even told him about anyone that I might be dating or was dating or, or I don't remember. Like I wasn't even very seriously with anyone at that point, but, uh, but he was, you know, sending me texts like I am much better looking than these guys. And you know, it's like, Oh my gosh. They don't exist. Fatal attraction here. Yeah, Yeah, like I was like, oh yeah, yeah. He really, he really didn't understand. I mean, people can people can understand literally what the word polyamory means, but a lot of people uh, have a hard time grasping (laughs) how does that work and what 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 are the real nuances of that? You know. No, I totally. I I am too. I mean, I have thought of myself as single poly for quite a while, simply because I guess the last time that I had like what I was calling boyfriends uh, and multiple was, I don't know, in my mid forties. So it was a while ago. And then I thought I had that happening again at the end of last year. And I'm not quite sure that I do now, you know what I mean? So yeah, I I, I feel like I too. and, And when that started to happen in December, I was like, wait, I might have two boyfriends right now. (laughs) And I might even have a third. So 
<laughs> you know, when things are early on, it's you're not you're not sure what's going on with, you uh-huh. know, but you, you spend a lot of time in the early parts of a relationship trying to suss out, wait, what is the dynamic here? Is this really becoming something or not? Um, and at that time, I bought like two polyamory books of like activities and conversations, you know, like suggestions for people to talk over because I felt like, oh, my gosh, I need to brush up on this stuff. But it turns out it turns out I think I can leave the books in the shelf for the time being, because maybe maybe I you know don't need to for a little bit. <laughs> I love that you're uh, you're a comedian um and whenever you're talking about at least in my opinions of course I think all of this is funny everything we talk about I'm not laughing at you I just think it's sex is funny it's funny to talk about it's just a thing that we I guess because we don't talk about it much it's like haha we're doing it sit or talking around <laughs> right I loved whenever you started to talk about kink camp in your uh, in your podcast and like you're like so I go there and the first thing I do is anal probing which is like if you were going to write a sketch and go no you got to keep it grounded Kevin like don't go A to Z you know <laughs> well that's the funny thing in that circumstance that because that that first kink camp that I went to was a pansexual camp and part of the plot of Kevin Goes to Kink Camp is me learning oh cisgendered gay men tend to go to their own camps you know what I mean the the pansexual ones you know like I mean it's mostly heterosexual kind of sex happening right Um, of course there are lesbians and trans folks and you know there's a lot of um uh all over the place with genders and stuff like that. But I I was really thrown when I arrived at that camp to be like, oh, I'm not finding other gay men. There there were some bi men there, but it really, really threw me because, you know, at that time I was 42, I think. And I'd spent my entire life terrified of hitting on a guy who might be straight. You know what I mean? Like, like the, whole, the whole safety of coming to New York City when I was 18 was knowing that you could walk through some doors where everyone was gay. And, yes. so, and so it was safe to hit on anyone. Um, so, yeah, like that really threw me to be to be at that kink camp and to be like, Hi, are you? Do you, do you play with? <laughs> was it was it your worst fear? And you know, did you find like guys going, oh, "I'm totally knocking it," or were you like, "Oh, cool, there's actually more." There more was. Than I thought <laughs> there was one fella that I hit on who I don't think English was his first language. I don't think he he you know I, I think he just didn't know how to be polite, so he was really abrupt. Of, you know, um, and then there was another fellow I was I hit on who was a lot younger and hipper, and he was just like, ah, oh, sorry, you know, that's not my thing, you know. So, so that was that was cute. And then, as you might know from the story itself, I ended up. Well, this person um, is now, I. I think non-binary, um, but strap on Joe at the time. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. At the time identified as a woman. And so that was my first time having sex with someone of that gender uh, because 
I wasn't able to make anything work with, 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 you know, men there. Um, I love to it. And again, like, it's like, it's like, it is like a sketch that it's like, okay, really? You just go in there and someone ain't all the you. And it's also the thing that you're like, I'm going to be open to women. It's, it's like everything that's like, I know it's, it's everything flipped. Everything's flipped. Yeah. 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 And it was, that was also funny. Like the, I do remember one of the other things I tried that, you know, when I was like, Oh, anal probe. Okay, great, great. I'm comfortable with that. I can do that one. Um, but then another thing I tried was that spanking bench that day with this older woman. And I was shocked that it totally triggered this experience of being a little kid being spanked by my mom. Um, You know, like there are things in our, in our subconscious that we don't know it's there until it's there. And I was like, Whoa, um, how do I find a way to make this? (laughs) I like literally saying no mommy. And I mean it. Horrifying. I love I love the the whole risk side going to King Camp as a risk and trying new things, new women, everything risk. I think our listeners need to take risks as well. And so it's great to hear you talk about it. And yeah. now we want you to take a risk and answer a caller's call. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> My nice little segue. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for being open. And like, you know, you've been very candid about the pros and cons, like which happen in every relationship. And and uh, yeah, we're going to have somebody who has some questions for you. We don't know exactly, but we ask, we, um, ask people on our Facebook group to like, write-in questions about BDSM and kink. And uh, this caller was chosen by our producer. Her name is uh, as Lacey. Hello, Lacey. <laughs> You're on with Greenberry. And Kirsten. And we are here with... Oh <laughs> We're here with Kevin Allison. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> And as you know, he has lots of experience in kink and BDSM and is happy and excited to hear your question. Oh my God. Okay. I'm I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll do the nervous laugh together. It'll be great. (laughs) Okay. Um, So basically I've, been with my now husband for like a decade and um things have been we when we were younger didn't do anything like too crazy and we did like a little bit of that stuff and like maybe like different positions but nothing else other than that and I wanted to kind of get an idea of like how I could maybe introduce some BDSM but I'm like nervous about it and I don't know where to buy or where to look um yeah you know what talk to my husband about it one of the one thing that leaps to mind right away is there's a book by Allison Moon um she's a friend of mine and I love this book it's called getting it uh it's a guide to like 
communicating about sex and getting it. Yeah, by Allison Moon. Of course, it's of course it's getting it. (laughs) And um, she has several several sections of the book where she talks specifically about how to handle difficult difficult conversations. So, you know, one of them is this template of like saying something to someone like something to someone you're close to, like there's something I'd like to talk to you about. I'm a little bit afraid that you might have this kind of reaction, but I'm kind of hoping you'll have this kind of reaction. And is it okay with you if I bring, you know, if if we talk about this as a way of kind of like letting them know that you're open to them not being cool with it, but that you're really wanting to lay out for them that, hey, this is a vulnerable thing. And, you know, I would like to like open up space for, us to kind of like hash it out, kind of suss it out and explore together. Um, I really find that it's tricky. It, it does trip us up when we, when, when we feel like we don't know how to bring something up with someone. You know, another thing you can do in a much more like playful way is to say to a partner, you know, I have an idea. You know what I mean? Because it has that sound of, um, in the same way, like in comedy improv or any other sort of creative play, like, oh, hey, I have an idea. Uh, And then you- you, you, you Like I have an idea, you could tie me up. Yeah, exactly. Like, like so, so that you're presenting it as I'm not saying this needs to happen. This is just some creative thing that came to my mind. How do you feel about that? You know what I mean? When people feel like, oh, okay, I have an out or you're open to me, you know, having any number of reactions, but you do want to make yourself vulnerable and bring it up. You know, oftentimes people will find some way to get to a solution if they feel like that sort of um, open spirit is in it all, you know? Yeah. And that kind of leaves it open also for them to put their input in and say, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. But what if we not only tie each other up, but we also stink? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what else? Like, if it, like, how far do you take it to, like, on the pain level, I, I guess? Yeah. Oh, what, with spanking, you mean? Yeah, or, like, anything, or, like, what else? Yeah, you know what? I would say that with almost all of these things it's best to start slow and gentle and build your way up and to not i too many people i think think in terms of like goals oh it's not going to really be 
this until that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, for example, like something like we were talking about fisting before some, (laughs) some guys get very uh, gay guys get very like competitive about it. Like, and it's like, Oh my God, no, like it doesn't have to be, it it, it can be whatever it ends up being and it can be very gentle and it doesn't have to be a whole hand or anything. You know what I mean? Like um, start slow I mean, some of these things, if you go really slow, can almost be meditative, you know, like like can almost be tantric, you know. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, I would say, you know, there are books out there about the about getting into kink. There's one called Playing Well with Others. Um, And, oh, you know, isn't it isn't it? is it called Babes in Toyland? Is that the store? There's a really good sex, oh, shop. The sex shop. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's like women owned. And let me let me look it up. Babes in Toyland? That's what I'm thinking of. You can go in and they'll have full conversation. You can talk about it with your partner. Go in and they'll be like, okay, so what are you looking for? Here's some ideas we have for you. Maybe you want to try this. Ooh, is that too much? Okay. They're very um, customer friendly and kind. (laughs) Yes. It's now called Babeland. And... If there's not one in your area, you could probably get on the phone with someone and find out, you know, recommended stuff around you. There's also FetLife, which is a a website that's kind of like Facebook for kinksters. And, you know, it's a just like Facebook. It's a big old mixed bag. (laughs) What's helpful about it is that there are like groups, like people who are interested in erotic hypnosis who live in the Northeast or people who are interested in spanking who live in the Midwest, you know, that kind of thing. So that you can kind of find like-minded folks and start to, you know, people do a lot of like um, reference, you know, like, like, Oh, is this person safe to play with? Oh, yeah. You know, I he gets a lot of people recommending that he's OK to play with that kind of thing. So you can enter into conversations with people over on FetLife about tips and tricks for whatever kink you might start to find yourself interested in as far as how to start slow and be safe, you know. All right. Lacey, does that help at all? Or are you are you interested in kind of like going slow with your husband and seeing what he does? <laughs> yeah, I think that's super helpful. Even just like bringing up the conversation too. And yeah. I'll check out that getting it book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think doing some research and yeah, seeing what other people have to say is a great idea. Yeah. And also him watching you read that might be like a pretty big hint. <laughs> Just leave it out on the coffee table. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> one in his car. <laughs> one in his, like under his uh, bench. <laughs> You'll get the idea. <laughs> Lacey, we really appreciate your bravery. We know this is a scary thing to do. And we appreciate you coming forward and asking your question. And thank you so much for listening to the show. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Bye, Bye Lacey. Bye. Do you want to help this podcast keep being a podcast? Well, you can. Yes, you can.
we are on Patreon now. So if you go on there and subscribe and give us a little moolah, we will keep making this podcast. We'll give you some bonus content as well. And we'll even shout out your name. Like we're going to do some shout outs right now for yes. people who have subscribed. Alrighty. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Mm, Kathy, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, David. Thank you, David. And thank you, Jason. Oh. We've got a few little subs that wanted their name shout outs. And we've got some good pay pigs that want nothing from us but us to continue doing what we're doing. If you go to our Patreon, you help us with microphones, with editing, all the things that go behind the scenes to make a podcast, we're not going to have to do it for free. We're going to be doing it with uh, contributions from subscribers, from viewers like you. I thought it was great advice. And yeah, I love I love because I think that happens more often than we realize. You're in a committed relationship and all of a sudden one person is like, there's something missing and I... I want you to be a part of it. Right. And sometimes that coming up can uh, feel like you're being attacked. The other person, if you say, Oh, I I want to experience some BDSM. The other person might be like, Oh, that means. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And you know, another conversation that might come out of that is uh, some sort of, I mean, if if it's a monogamous relationship, um, some sort of opening up, some sort of parameters about opening up, because a lot of people uh, that I know uh, who are very kinky have a partner who is not at all kinky, but they've negotiated with their partner that this or that kind of kink activity they can do with other people. You know what I mean? Um, uh, So there's that sort of way of 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 getting that need met uh where but they're still mostly monogamous you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you're very open and you obviously talk about this uh, very openly um you talked about wit being the whiz kid (laughs) you you talked about your anal the anal probing you know experience (laughs) with the woman is there any story that you haven't shared that you think might be interesting to a listener who is wanting to know a little more about King? <laughs> oh my God. A story that I've never shared before. I mean, no pressure, but if there's something, <laughs> if there's something or maybe a lesser known. Oh I, my gosh. Hearing about, uh, again, from that, from the podcast where you were talking about your college days and like, actually oh you like kind of talked about the like prostitution and, mm-hmm. and and you came in and you're like it was like a sharing circle and you're like I did acid <laughs> oh well you know that is I haven't talked I've talked about prostituting myself back in my early 20s but I haven't told stories yet on the show or anywhere else about paying for it you know what I mean in my in my 50s, what I've found is that I do have certain kinks and, and, you know, sometimes it can get very specific and it is rather hard to find uh, perfect matches um, for some of those things. And so there have been occasions when I have 
either reached out to someone that I was kind of flirtatious with on like Instagram or even gone to like an official like escort sort of site and hired someone. And it's really interesting because I have found exactly the same thing as with like any other like If you can really talk with someone beforehand, Mm -hmm. including like when they come over, even though they're on the clock or whatever, still just like talking things through, um, not not just talking things through as in negotiating the play, but just like getting to know each other to a certain extent, because you will find that there are some people on like escort uh, sites who, who might be not presenting the full truth they might not you know um speak english you know like like there's all sorts of ways that you can all end up a little bit catfished or whatever in those scenarios um so i have found that if i was in cases where i was careful and kind of did some chatting with that person beforehand uh both in via text in in coming together and then coming together for real uh, things. Sometimes that has been like really, really fun and and also fun because there's the parameters around it that that's all it is. There was there was a fella who I did get a little bit to, you know, to I started to do that thing that you hear about in literature over and over and over again where I fell in love. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. But we were able to we 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 agreed not to see each other for like uh I don't know. We, we just stopped seeing each other for like maybe it was a year even. And then I was like, okay. I've got a handle on this now. I feel like I've grown and I feel like we both expressed ourselves so much that I I feel like we can get get back together and kind of play like we used to because we were doing a kind of archetypal role play that was what was kind of religious and like like it really tapped into a lot of my childhood shit, right? So I I think that it, it 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 was just that I wasn't initially aware of how much I was opening up when that happened. But then when we were able to come back together after the pandemic, um, it was like, oh, okay, I've grown. I'm mature enough to know you don't fall in love with a sex worker. And now we can have fun again. (laughs) (laughs) It is because if they're doing their job right, um, it it should feel like love. It should feel like a relationship. And that's super easy to, to, to complicate those feelings of like, okay, well, we do love each other. Right. I mean, like you, we obviously have some respect for each other here. That was the tricky thing because when we met, it wasn't through an official S court service or something like that it was under the it was under the pretense of him being like oh i like to be worshipped like a deity as in make an offering to you know ah. you know what i mean and i was like uh that really tapped into like my catholic <laughs> 
My, my, I was, my I was, former Catholic. Uh, I was starting to probe a little bit more because I wanted to hear more on this religious because we had a dominatrix and she started to tell us a little bit about the religious play. She loves it. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, when I was, I don't know how old I was when I went to, because I, I used to be super, super devoutly Catholic. In fact, I was kind of... Be- I've always used the word groomed, but now the word groomed sounds Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so sick. Uh, anyway, I was kind of being groomed to become a priest uh, by <laughs> both. My mom was kind of colluding with the Jesuits at my high school. Um, and in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize there were all these. They were trying to push me that way. But anyway, yeah. So I was a very devout Catholic kid. And I kind of loved all the ceremony and the art and in the way that like Oscar Wilde loved all the, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and there was a, a thing that happened when I was, um, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years old where there was this gorgeous giant crucifix of Jesus, you know, basically naked with just a tiny little loincloth. And it was a very real looking, beautiful sculpture that was on this cross at the very top of the ceiling of the church. And on Good Friday, they would bring a crane in, dislocate it, bring it down so that people could lay it down on the steps of the church so that people could touch him or kiss him or whatever. Mm. And it that was, is a key right there. But it was, what church did you go to? My goodness. <laughs> oh my God. It was definitely old fashioned <laughs> stuff. It was definitely, I went to, you know, I, I grew up in a, an extremely like old Catholic, like um, mm. a lot of Italians and Germans. And uh, I guess some you know, people like me, Irish and Scottish and whatnot. But anyway, um, I found myself in this procession walking up to Jesus, the cross, laying down on the cross and didn't know what I was going to do. And when I got up to him, I fell to my knees Hmm. and kissed his feet. And in that moment, I was like, I I was like, wow, what came over me that was very dramatic and that felt very, um, I don't know what, right? And yeah. so, you know, all these years later to be like, oh, I kind of like worship play. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Like being a worshiper. Um, and so, yeah, so it's that kind of thing that I would do with this fella, but also I'm a writer. So I love writing these prayers. You know what I mean? These like things to the, like there's so much language in the mass and the gospels and stuff like that. That is so, or or Handel's Messiah or stuff like that. That is so kind of glorious uh, that I have fun with that stuff. And, and the reason it became problematic between us was because he was just like also loving it. You know what I mean? He got <laughs> where he was like, oh yeah, this is a huge ego boost to me yeah. when I'm feeling low. <laughs> to <come>. <laughs> <laughs> about that. I was like, I, I should just go on one of these pages and be like, I need worship just for a minute. And then 
My ego needs it. I've been rejected way too many times, too many auditions that haven't called me back. Uh, <laughs> just tell me I'm beautiful and you want to kiss my feet. That's it. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love Song of Psalms? You know, it's like, please tell me how you love me. <laughs> So where where are you now, Kevin, in, in, in the in the kink community? You mentioned that you weren't like in a quote unquote relationship. Are you looking for that? Well, no, I do have a boyfriend slash partner right now, oh, cool. but he is not particularly kinky. Okay. Um, and both of us consider ourselves polyamorous. It's it. This is this is pretty new. We've been dating since August. And it's interesting because I feel like it's one of those relationships where we feel like best friends, you know, where we feel like where there's kind of a soulmate kind of feeling, but not necessarily that like swooning romance or like crazy, you know, like it's very interesting. I have a tendency in the course of my life to look back and feel like, oh my gosh, most of the times that I was like head over heels over someone, or, you know, uh, it felt a big crush and just a ton of like obsessive electricity. Most of those times that did not end up well. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. Same. <laughs> it sounds like you're dating the person that your therapist is like, that's the one. I've always heard this. It's Good like, job. it's not the person that you're like, oh my God, the sex is fire. It's the person that you're like, this is kind of boring. They're like, yes. <laughs> yes. That's, your person. that's the one who's not going to burn you. Or that you're going to have, a, this is going to be a healthy relationship. You're like, oh, oh like, my God. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. and I, I do hugely appreciate that the two of us are able to talk and talk and talk. I mean, that's, incredible um and i i mean that is that that becomes like a deep love you know what i mean on that's you know uh, maybe not like a romeo and juliet sort of thing but on a more like solid ground you know um Juliet had a healthy relationship. I'm just going to put it out there. They died. Exactly. One therapist would be like, no, you're going to die. So get out. But how is it in your wonderfully healthy um, home when you're you're definitely a kinky person? So how, and and you're both polyamorous. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Do it, are, are they okay with you being like, oh, do you like to do exchange stories? Is it like what happens behind closed doors stays? Yeah, no. You know, it's interesting because I do know a lot of gay men who have non-monogamous relationships and they have like a don't ask, don't tell policy. And you know, I I could never, I have to be able to talk about stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> So he and I have like every step of the way been like, are you okay about hearing about this? Do you want to, you know, like we've been very careful as bit by bit we've shared with one another about uh, other people. And, you know, it's very funny because like naturally what happens is like, I don't feel like, uh, 
jealousy um, it, around that sort of thing. It's very funny. I was telling my therapist, I was like, I can be envious or jealous about literally anything except for some reason, sex and romance. <laughs> like, You're like jealous of someone's uh, painting on their wall, but... <laughs> Of course they have that and I don't. Uh, uh, so, you know, I, I can, I, I can feel compersion. You know, I can feel happiness if he tells me that someone he's been with is awesome. You know what I mean? Okay. But there's people he tells me about where I'm like, I don't know about that one. You know? <laughs> It's not jealous. You're just like, I, you, that wasn't, that can't be fun. Like, I, I, that, I'm hearing red flaggy stuff there. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, Your partner's experiences are your experiences in a way. Like, it's an extension of your own. And so, yeah, when they give you those details and stuff, you're like, ooh, I kind of get to be in on it. mm, Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. That hurts me already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I said that I I was saying earlier that I might be dating some other people. There's another person who who I am still kind of sort of dating. Um, he's young. And I think that the idea I think he's having a hard time wrapping his head around the idea of polyamory. So that's going to take a lot more talking and sussing out. But he's very kinky, this other fella. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, one of the things that I really value about my partner is that it's actually been a really long time since I've had <laughs> you know, normal sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's that's that been <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that's been its own like uh rediscovery. So that's fun. That's cool. yeah. I love it. And so just like for the listener who is um like, okay, I am into kink. I want to find a partner like Kevin Scott. Do you mind to share how you met your partner? Well, we actually did meet on a kink site. uh, It's called Recon. And it's really funny because uh, it's actually the original of the GPS apps, right? So it's, it's what, it's what spurred literally all of them. Like Grindr was, Grindr was a ripoff of Recon, but what Recon is, is it's a, it's an app for kinky gay men to find one another. So it is ironic that we met there, considering yeah. that what we've learned is that he's not really kinky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a great place to go if you want to be with somebody who's kinky. Yes. As long as you communicate it. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is funny. I, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, what they come interested in. Well, I mean, there are a lot of kinks that are not super sexual in the, in the technical sense, you know, I mean, a lot of people have kinks for types of clothing, you know, um, like I know a fellow who is just obsessed with wearing rubber, you know, like a full, he'll go out in public wearing full rubber. You know what I mean? 
And it's funny. I mean, he's he's very hot when he does that. But I actually don't have any idea. I'm like, oh, I wonder. I wonder what he, he does elsewise. You know what I mean? um, because I think that some people really are just into. Um, some things that don't end up, they get like an erotic charge out of some things that don't end up uh, amounting to like physical genitals and coming kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's our goal. We definitely want to talk to more people that are like, okay, why why is this? Is this sexy? And it's like, are you organ? It's not about the orgasm always, right? Right. Oh oh my gosh. These are, these are a few things that I'm always insisting that, expectations like that, like one has to have an, a, a heart on, one has to be erect and one has to achieve an orgasm or, <laughs> or, you know, a lot of people don't even know men about like interior and exterior orgasms. You know, they might not even know they've had an orgasm if they haven't ejaculated, you know what I mean? Oh. Um, so yeah, getting over that, it has to be this way or that way. Um, But also, yeah, I I wish people would think of the word sex more expansively. There was a story on risk about this woman who blackmailed this man. He was a blind man and he desperately needed a ride to school where he was a professor. Right. Uh, And like something various things had lined up in his life where he didn't wasn't able to get to school. And this woman was like that. I guess she she went to the school or something like that. And she said to him, she would drive him every morning to school if she could drink his pee. And in the course of the story, she's like, well, it's not sex. And after the story was done, after the story was done, I said to the audience, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, it might not be your definition of sex, but nobody is, you know, drinking someone's pee for any other reason than like a major like erotic fetish. It's like a- Maybe they are if they've got crazy conspiracy theories about how to fight COVID, but. <laughs> oh, all the things to fight COVID are very sexual. <laughs> it's like um, teenagers that are, are not having sex, but have done everything. I mean, they've done way more than I have. And mm. nope, not sex because it's not the P to the V. So right, that right, is not sex. Like, that was the Bill Clinton excuse with the blowjob, you know? Like, yes, that's right. Come on. <laughs> we all know we all know yeah. <laughs> and what are your thoughts around that you, you you described it as blackmail did she did she think of it as blackmail or was she like oh, oh she's wait. having fun driving Is that the them. right word bribery i guess bribery. something, yeah, yeah. something <laughs> like that yeah 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 um no i think i think that she was i think that these were two desperate people and like she had like a sexual need that she saw an opportunity to get met that way but but that's not cool that's not that's not a good <laughs> good way to get that <laughs> we're learning there's a lot of other ways there's a lot of other ways because you've experienced the, the there's a term for you people that are interested in urination water sports is the yeah, I don't. I don't know what the Center. what the file thing. What what, yeah. what you would call you're, it? You're, you're a file or something. Yeah, something like that. No. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I've enjoyed that quite a lot and often. And there's a story. There is a story on risk about. Well, there's there's a few of them (laughs) 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 of me doing that, but especially the one at the King Camp where I was like something like eight or nine guys at once. And that, that was a super fascinating story because in them. I love moments like that where what's happening is so intense that your subconscious is able to kind of like slow down time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that when, when we do get into situations where what's happening is a lot for the psyche, um, you might block it all out. You might black out, you know what I mean? Uh, If it's really traumatic or you might just start to be able to like, feel like you're in slow-mo. Right. And Mm -hmm. during the course of that incident with like, you know, eight or nine guys and, and being ambushed and handcuffed and all that sort of thing. um, It was a moment by moment understanding of how consent can change, you know, because this fella, I would be like, I have a really good feeling about you. And then this other guy, I'm just like, no, you are not, you know, you're not, you're not giving off respectful energy. You know what I mean? Like, well, like the taste was a part yeah, of Well, then there's the taste. <laughs> Depending on what people are eating or drinking, <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> and I, I've forgotten. Did you know before that, before that moment that you were interested in that? Or that was yeah, kind of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I do. In that story, I do have a little bit of a flashback to the very first time I tried that. And uh, it it happened to be with someone who like uh, had drunk like an entire gallon of water on the way over. You know what I mean? So so it was bound to be um, almost flavorless, you know, because he was so flushed with water. Um, But then the second time I tried it, it was literally with someone who had had asparagus for lunch. (laughs) <laughs> but thing to eat before. <laughs> no. If you're gonna do water sports, think about what you eat before. Just saying. <laughs> Just oh like you know, other water sports, <laughs> you don't want to get a cramp. <laughs> exactly. Kevin, this has been really helpful. I think I think it's awesome that you're so open and that you've been open before. Being open was as cool as it is today, and in a large part because of risk. You know, you you listened to your spirit and it guided you in the right direction. And uh, listener, as you heard, if you're interested in water sports, if you're interested in things that you're like, think that you have to dupe a blind man into peeing into something, you don't have to go that route. We have so many options just based on this episode alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You know, I even do life coaching sometimes for people because like the, the woman who called in before, like I have had people come up to me once in Austin this couple came up to me. It was a lesbian couple. And they said, we've been together for 15 years and legally married. And we were all ready to get divorced. We were ready for like a year of divorce when (laughs) we heard your show, which caused one of us to confess to the other one. Well, actually I have some kinky thoughts. And then the other one was like, well, I do too. And then all of a sudden there, they would, everything opened up and, and they were like, and now we have 
sex every night. (laughs) (laughs) Our our Lacey, Lacey might end up talking to her partner and all of a sudden you open that door and yeah 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 so sometimes people will so kevinallison.com is is my website and mostly what i do there is coach people on storytelling but i have had a lot of people who have been like oh my gosh you know i like cross-dressing and i don't know how to tell my wife or there was a woman who who Unfortunately, here's the here's the thing that kills me the most. And it happens a lot in risk stories is when someone is an absolute beginner. And someone. Sees that and really takes advantage of them, you know what I mean? Like that, that is one of the most, I think, tragic things when, you know, when like an older or just a, a, a more manipulative or, or sort of person is like, oh, this person has no idea what they're doing. So I'll just come in like a Machiavellian, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So her first experience was really like actually kind of traumatic. So, you know, it's great to be able to like talk those things through and often I'll I'll also often really recommend that people have regular therapists as well you know yeah yeah and you have specifically somebody who's in the kink world right or um a therapist who is I used to I used to have a therapist who was whose specialty was that he studied kink and BDSM as his like realm of psychology that he studied and eventually I just felt like, OK, I feel like I've like kind of like I'm OK with all that stuff at a certain point in my late 40s. So I switched to someone who is knows a lot about ADHD <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, the cognitive behavioral sort of stuff. So uh, I'm very happy with my current therapist, even even if he doesn't understand a lot of my kinks. <laughs> <laughs> and who could understand them all? You are everybody is very is a very unique individual. You know, we can't all be fully understood. We can barely understand ourselves. <laughs> thank you all for listening, and thank you so much, Kevin Allison, for being our guest and opening our eyes, ears, and minds to the kink community. And all the all the different things that are out there. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. It was such a treat. And everyone out there, be sure to share the show. Adult Body Finders. Get people on it. <laughs> Thank you. And also check out Kevin Allison's show, Risk, which is incredible. I love it. It's a storytelling show. Check it out. And we'll have more information in the show notes, also with some of the books that Kevin Allison was talking about. Yeah, websites, links, it's all going to be in our show notes. And you want to listen to our next episode because our next episode features a woman who is a jello wrestler. And (laughs) (laughs) she has bagged her crush after 20 years. So we're going to hear how she did it and what's going on in their relationship. So tune in. Don't miss out. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.